Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome in to the Respect Our Decision Friday Night Light Weekend Recap episode. Joined, as always, by Wes and Mike and our special guest this week, Connor Clark. You'll know Connor Clark from SI All Gators and, of course, also from the Roll Up Varsity podcast that he does weekly. How you doing, Connor? Doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Man, we appreciate having you on, especially since uh, you were there this weekend in the action. Got to see a lot of good things happening. Um, as everybody knows, pretty great weekend for the Gators overall in recruiting. Picked up several commitments. Aiden Mizell, Jordan Castle, Andy Jean on Saturday as well. And um, just heavily favored in for some other guys that hopefully we'll see join in here shortly. Um, Connor, I just want to start by asking, you know, we've, we've all seen, you know, Friday night light since urban was there. What, what was the energy like this year compared to years past? This is very good. Um, I don't think anything will ever match the year that, uh, Matt Corral, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Jacob Copeland, Tyquan Thornton. That that year was just unreal. Um, but this year's was very good, uh, very well organized. First year uh, under the new staff. So to be honest with you, when when they took over, we didn't know how Friday Night Lights was going to be. Um, but it was pretty similar to years past. A uh, little, little bit different format once they got into the swamp and started uh, running one-on-ones. 
uh, where they allowed quarterbacks to go through four straight throws um, instead of alternating every throw, which I thought was good. You could see the quarterbacks go through a couple different uh, spots, a couple different routes, uh, give you an opportunity to evaluate them a little bit better instead of a single throw basis and then seeing them about 10 minutes later. Um, but energy around it was great. Uh, all the kids said they were having a great time. Uh, everything was run well. It te- seems like every time I looked around, there was another recruit walking through the door with the, somebody on the support staff walking in with them, um, whether it be Andy Jean, who was there with Kerry uh, Colbert, uh, David Doker, uh, who is the GA for the wide receivers, and then a, a number of other people that were following all these kids around. Um, but it was good. It was really good. Uh, energy was great. Uh, seemed to be run really well. And, uh, it was, a, it was a good time. I had a good time on my end. It was easy to, uh, easy to have fun out there when things are run the right way. Absolutely. It was from all the videos that I watched of it. Uh, staff was very, very engaged with the kids. Um, just continuously talking to them, hanging with, you could tell who they were, you know, really targeting by how much time they spent t- spent with each individual kid. It was, you know, really good to see that, you know, as opposed to the last few years. Um, Mike, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, real quick, Connor, you pretty much touched on what, what I wanted to uh, inquire about in regard to the atmosphere. Um, this, in, comparing this year to last, how would, I mean, you just said, you know, you saw the staff. So it sounds like the army was definitely in full effect. Um, could you, what was some of the the main differences between this year's and last? You know, obviously we have a different set, different staff, Napier compared to Mullen, and the sheer uh, volume. So what would you say the you know, um, and even you can even say energy. Um, the main differences between uh, this year and last. Aside from sheer numbers. Um it looked like everybody was pretty, pretty well engaged in there. Um, obviously you look at, um, all the coaches, you've got your support staff guys that are really going to be the hands-on guys where the coaches are typically just kind of observing, maybe seeing what's going on through the drills. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of them this year were, were leading some of the stretches, leading some of the drills. Um, I saw Jaluk working directly with some of the running backs. I saw, um, Bateman working directly with some of the linebackers. So, I mean, uh, a lot of the coaches were super hands-on, uh, very, very involved in the camp itself, where in the past, while you would have some of the guys that would get in there, I know when Brian Johnson um, was at Florida, he was very engaged with all the quarterbacks. Um, but you'll see uh, you'll see a lot more hands-on approach with these guys, uh, with Billy Napier. Napier was directly involved with pretty much every quarterback that was out there along with Ryan O'Hara. Um, and, and it was good to see them be so engaged, especially when you've got so much going on. It's very easy to get sidetracked. You have certain kids that are there, obviously that you want to prioritize such as an Andy Jean, a Dijon Johnson. Um, the, the list was actually really impressive this year, but uh, they did a great job of balancing uh, being able to talk with those recruits that weren't competing um, as well as being hands-on with the guys that were there to compete. Perfect. Appreciate that. And could you t- see uh, some of the, you know, like top performers slash, you know, st- standouts um, from some of the drills? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of hard when, with so much going on um, <laughs> that, uh, that it's, 
it's hard and they don't have rosters out there. So if you see a kid out there wearing like a number two or a number three, you, you have to go up to them and ask them like, Hey man, what's your name? Um, they don't have rosters out there for that. Um, obviously you have some of your top performers are going to be those guys that everybody knows about. Um, your Jeremiah Smith's, your, your, uh, Jojo traders who both only had, I think two or three reps in one-on-ones easily won both of those reps. And then we're told to stop competing. Um, those guys did really well. Um, so the Shamanad Madonna kids were well represented. Um, there was one kid in particular, actually, um, that had a very good night overall. Sorry, give me one second. I'm pulling up his Twitter account because he just followed me the other day. Um, it's a 2024 prospect, Dejan Shanks. Um, he's a slot guy, really quick individual. Um, he had a really good night. Um, quarterbacks were, were, were decent, nothing too outstanding. Stokes had a couple of really nice throws. Um, obviously your, your Colin Hurley's are going to do well in a camp setting, uh, throws a really pretty ball. Um, but as far as overall top performers, it, it wasn't, there's nobody that really ultimately really stood out, um, aside from those couple reps that I got to see from Jeremiah Smith and Jojo Trader. I would say Smith was probably the guy that, he easily won his reps and then was told to sit down. I was kind of disappointed because I was standing right around his area and uh, was hoping to get to see him a lot more, but uh, they saw everything they needed to see in those two to three reps, I guess. Did a, did a lagway throw any? Lagway did not throw. No, he was, uh, he was just hanging out. Just hanging out. Sounds like we made a lot, a lot of good headway with him this weekend that he really, really enjoyed his whole trip. Yeah. He, um, a while back, he called Florida his dream school. Uh, obviously, we all know of kind of the, the, the quote-unquote dream school curse with Florida. Um, but Lagway's a, a phenomenal individual. He had a great time uh, on his trip. Florida made a lot of headway with him. Um, and he's arguably the number one prospect on their board for the 2024 class. He's somebody that they know they have to go get an elite signal caller uh, for the 2024 class, and they made a big move with him. Um, and if you guys didn't get to see, uh, he did post his visit pictures, uh, today, um, kind of ripping off the Bo Jackson thing with the shoulder pads on and the bat behind the back. Um, a kid that's going to be able to play baseball at Florida as well. Yeah. I retweeted those from our podcast, uh, Twitter account. Wes, you got anything you want to ask about that? Well, um, first off, thank you Connor for joining us. Um, really, really appreciate you. Um, I'm kind of going to segue from the environment and, and all that. I do want to ask about some of the recruits that were there that Florida recruiting. Um, I'm going to save some of the guys for, for the other guys, but I'm starting at a position of need. We saw that Adams uh, committed to LSU. Um, so Kaden Jones was on, on, on campus this weekend. Uh, 6'7", 300 pounds. Seems like a theme with the staff is uh, recruiting big, big uh, offensive linemen. And if he fits that bill, can you – uh, going to depth about uh, Caden Jones and how that uh, visit kind of went. Yeah, so, uh, so Caden Jones is actually one of the fewer high-profile guys that competed in the camp uh, this weekend. He has a great frame. He's every bit of six foot seven. Might even be a little bit taller, to be honest with you. Uh, long arms, really, really lean. Has has room to put on a good bit of weight. Um, he struggled a little bit in one on ones. Uh, I know one on ones is not usually a, a, a great setting for somebody of his stature. He's he had, he's wasn't great. Struggled to sit down a little bit, um, but he had a couple really good reps too. When he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. Um, but 
seems like they made some made some headway there. Um, he, he, I think he did visit Texas A and M uh, yesterday, and there's a, a close connection to Texas A and M there. Um, I'm not sure if he's a take for them at this time. Um, I know Florida is really recruiting him heavily. Uh, he's he's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, so Jaluk and all them have a really close connection to him. I think he's arguably one of the top linemen left on the board for Florida. Um, offensive line hasn't been a great uh, recruiting haul this year. Uh, they've struggled a little bit with that. So he's definitely up there on the board. Um, they made some headway, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because, like I said, he has that close connection to Texas A&M, but I'm not sure if he's a take there yet. Um. Obviously, it came out Friday night as well that uh, South Carolina commit Jaden Robinson visited. Um, how you feel that that went with us? Now, obviously, we d- have a desperate need for a linebacker in this class, having uh, missed on a few. Yeah, um, from all that I've heard, I think that visit went really well for Florida. Um, he's a kid, again, uh, another kid that said Florida was kind of his dream school growing up. He's from nearby in Lake City, um, so it's not like it's a far far shot from home. Uh, Florida actually only offered, I think it was the day before he committed to South Carolina um, back on July 4th. So somebody that Florida was a little late to the party on, but since then they've got him on campus a couple times. Uh, things have gone really well. Um, he's somebody that I think if Florida continues to press the right buttons, um, he could be a flip candidate. Obviously we saw a DB just decommit from South Carolina today. Um, but they've added a couple other prospects. I'm not sure, um, that they'll be able to, to hold on to him. I've, I've seen a couple screenshots from message boards over at South Carolina today, um, saying that they they might expect him to flip. And, uh, I think if Florida keeps doing things the right way, they, they have a very good shot at landing that young man. Outstanding. We, Definitely could use a body in this class and just add one more blue chip to the ratio would not hurt us one bit at all. Um, Mike, you got anything you want to ask? Yeah, so um, just on the sheer volume of, you know, uh, event like this, is there a any, I know a lot of the kids, that, you know, they weren't, they didn't have jerseys or anything with the name on it. But is there anyone just had that like aura around them? Just had that you know alpha personality. You can just tell like this guy's that dude. Like previous years. Are you talking about kids competing or just kind of somebody that everybody gravitated um, to when they both. walked through Either the door? Or. Like it was you know I know the you know twenty four quarterback didn't throw, but just you know just had that falling around them, or like people were just looking, waiting for him to do something. You know they were always peeking over and like, hey, who's that guy whispering around, talking? Other about than Cormani, obviously. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Carmani actually, he was there Friday, but he never really made it out to the field. Just kind of, just kind of hung around uh, the offices, I think, and, and didn't go out to the field. So, um, but he was there for the barbecue on Saturday. Um, as far as alphas on the field, like I said, it was kind of hard to track these kids. I think Jeremiah Smith would probably be the closest one sure. um, just because he didn't lose a rep. Like I said, it wasn't many reps. Um, and, and in, in a setting with that many kids, it's kind of hard to keep track of everybody. Um, but as far as kind of everybody, some, somebody that everybody gravitated towards, 
Um, I'm going to keep singing this kid's praises, man. Trayon Webb is, is an unbelievable kid. He, everybody gravitates towards him. He seeks out people to go talk to. Um, when I saw him walk through the doors of the IPF before the camp even started, um, he walked through the door, like looking for somebody to go talk to like, Hey, come to Florida. Um, great kid, really well-spoken and, uh, just people seem to gravitate towards him and he does a really good job. Obviously he's been very active on social media, um, talking about how he was four for four this weekend. Um, going to be five for five, which he's, he hinted at something else. We'll see if something, uh, pops off here in the next day or two. Um, but he, he's just, he's got that alpha personality, man, where, where people want to be around him and he, he knows that he's good at what he does. Appreciate it. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm my bad. Um, no, you're good. Go ahead. As we're going to call you, go. Okay. Uh, I do have a, I'm going to stick with positions of need. Um, another guy that was on campus, uh, Will Norman, D tackle, um, there's been a lot of buzz about him uh, possibly being a Florida lean. Uh, he's kind of, I think, pushed back his uh, commitment at one time because everybody was thinking he was going to commit soon. Uh, can you tell us about him and how that visit went? Yeah, he he sings Florida's praises every time he gets on campus. Really uh, great individual. I spoke to him uh, both on our roll-up uh, varsity podcast as well as um, in person on multiple occasions. Um, and he's, he hasn't been shy about saying Florida is a school that he really likes, um, nearly committed to them back in June, but decided to slow down his decision timeline. Um, Florida really wants him. So I think based off of how things went this weekend, uh, wouldn't be surprised if Florida pushed the right buttons that he would commit, uh, earlier than possibly expected. Um, he did say he kind of wants to take some visits, but, uh, if he knows Florida is the right place for him, I think you could see him pull the trigger a little bit earlier than that. Um, and from what I, everything I've heard, things went really well this weekend. He had a great time. Uh, he was there with a couple other IMG kids, obviously. Um, but but things went really well this weekend. Um, Connor, staying with the D line for a second. You know, we had a few other really good prospects there: Kelby Collins, um, Cameron James. Um, what do you think, what do you see us doing with, I mean, how did it go with these kids, obviously, first and foremost? And do you see any of these kids helping round out this, def- this defensive line class? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Cameron James fan, um, 407's finest. I got to pump the Orlando guys around my area. Um, but, yeah, Cam James is a prospect that uh, everybody kind of from the very beginning when Florida offered was like, okay, this is a kid that really, really likes Florida and, and they think – He's leaning towards Florida. Obviously, other schools came in like Georgia. I think Alabama came in as well. But uh, he's been real quiet. Um, doesn't really say a whole lot to media. Doesn't say a whole lot on social media. I don't think he's tweeted for over a month. Um, but uh, he's somebody that I think Florida has a really good shot at. Uh, they're doing a really good job recruiting him. Um, and then Kelby Collins is somebody that uh, I kept a close eye on this weekend. Um, defensive line slash edge commit TJ Searcy, uh, who was on campus this weekend, was in Kelby Collins' hip pocket on Friday night. Uh, was walking around with him the whole night, um, making sure he was known. It was known that he's wanted at Florida. Um, somebody that I think Florida hasn't. Uh, somebody else that I think Florida has a really good shot for. Uh, I, he's been pretty pretty adamant about he's not afraid to leave the state of Alabama. I think the the Crimson Tide have kind of been slow playing him a little bit. Um, and he kind of sees that. 
Uh, Florida staff has made him a top level priority. TJ seriously was recruiting him like crazy along with Cameron James uh, at multiple times throughout the camp. You saw the, all three of those guys hanging out together, uh, Colin Searcy and, and, and uh, James. So I think both of those guys, uh, Florida made a good move for, um, and I, I would not be surprised if things continue to go well to see them in the defensive line class. Awesome. One, one more, I forgot about there for a second. Um, Caden McDonald, I saw he was crystal balled by Rusty Manziel today to Clemson, but I know he was there Friday as well. Yeah, he was there Friday and Saturday, uh, was there for the cookout. Uh, I think his team won the scavenger hunt on Saturday. I'm not, uh, I saw him wearing the, uh, the straw hat, but, uh, he he's somebody that Florida really likes. Um, obviously they need a nose tackle this class. Um, and I think Florida, may, like, I'm, I keep feel like I sound like a broken record, but Florida made really good progress with a lot of these kids. Um, the, the only thing that, uh, that seems to be the question is, is how many do they want to take in this class? Cause obviously, you know, they had to get rid of a couple players, or uh, this last year to get down to that 85 scholarship number. They're not going to be graduating that many seniors this year. I think it's probably about 12 to 15 at most. Um, so you've got to figure out what your numbers are going to look like. Um, obviously, they're taking a bunch of DBs. They need offensive line help. They can play early. Um, and the same thing with defensive line. I think defensive tackle is arguably the biggest position of need in this year's class. Um, so obviously, you want to go get the guys like the Cameron James, the Caden McDonald's, uh, the Kelby Collins. Uh, so you need to make, make those guys priorities. They've done that and they've made good progress with all of them from everything I've heard. Awesome. Mike, I know what you want to say. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So to touch on the D line class, um, I'm a, not the, I'm, I'm a wait and see approach with Spencer. Uh, chaos um, is uh, no longer with us at the moment. Um, but you know, can be definitely be resurrected. So Kelby Collins, he's, uh, he may be, he's slowly becoming the boot of class for me. If, if we do get him, I just have a really, I've always had a really good gut feeling about him. I don't know why, but, um, I definitely like, you know, I think he'd be a, a great, um, commit for us if we actually can close on him, if that's possible. Um, being able to close, I'm wondering is, is, if it's a, that's even possible. So I'm trying to, you know, this is hard for me, you know, to actually take a step back, what I tell people to do and, you know, get off the ledge. But, you know, when you're one of the highest paid assistants on the staff and you're not closing anything at all, um, it's August. So, I mean, well, I haven't paid my rent yet, so it's on August 1st. Um, but, um, yeah, a couple hours left. And um, I don't and I don't know if he has the ability to close. So my question to you is, at what point is the pressure on, I mean, to get, I don't know, anybody? Well, you can't say he hasn't gotten anybody. He's gotten Gavin Hill. Touche. My, apolo- my apologies. Yes, I got to <laughs> listen to my own advice. So, so, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, and that, that's kind of a kind of a wash, man. He's a Gainesville kid. So as soon as, as soon as Florida offered, it was pretty much expected that he would be at Florida. So that's kind of a layup that uh, you can't really, was almost impossible to miss on. Um, my biggest thing is, uh, aside from John Walker, um, a lot of the defensive line targets are still on the board. You haven't seen a lot of them commit. So, uh, yes, he did miss on John Walker, uh, a great get for UCF there. 
Um, but you're really looking at most of the defensive line classes still out there, still available. They haven't pulled themselves off the market. Uh, you've, like I said, you've got Kelby Collins, you've got Cameron James, you've got Caden McDonald, uh, all of which Florida made a good move for this weekend. Um, and a couple of which Florida might be considerable favorites now. Um, so yes, you have to close. Uh, it's going to be hard to do that because you've got a, a who's who of offer list for most of those kids. Obviously Caden McDonald uh, was crystal ball to Clemson. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Cameron James has, has the elite of the elite after him at defensive line as well. Same with Kelby Collins. Um, so you have to be able to close against the big dogs. And, uh, these guys ha- have done that with a couple prospects and they've lost out with a couple of them. So, uh, you're not going to hit on a hundred percent of those guys, but you have to be able to get most of them, uh, especially in a league like the sec, cause you have to win in the trenches. So, uh, yes, you, to, to answer your question, if he doesn't close on guys like that, the pressure will be on. Uh, because defensive line is a huge need this class. Uh, but as of today, they're in a good spot with with each of those guys. And realistically, and I know it you know, wasn't, you know, with a, um, this is a new staff. So realistically, how um, fair is it to expect him to say, you know, like Norman, hey, you, you need to speed up your um, your deadline, dude. You know, we have, you have a two-week window. So, you know, uh, Collins, you know, Bama's slow playing them. So, like, what's how, what's what do you say is realistic for Collins and like a Norman to, you know, close hard on those two? Yeah, it's, it's tough because they, they don't have an established relationship with these guys. Obviously, uh, Spencer, uh, has, has been in the NFL the last, what, year and a half, two years. Um, now I will tell you, I spoke to Will Norman down at IMG. He did say while, uh, while Spencer was with the giants, he actually spoke to, to Will Norman, uh, cause Norman's from up in New Jersey. So they have an established relationship there. That's probably the only high school recruit that has an established relationship longer than seven months with, with coach chaos. So, uh, maybe he can push a few buttons there and get Will Norman to move up his commitment date because they have that, uh, previously established relationship, but you're talking about seven months with, with a guy like Kelby Collins, with a guy like Cameron James, um, where if you're not to that level of comfortability yet, it's going to be kind of hard to say, Hey, listen, do it now, or you're not going to have a spot. Uh, I know urban was really good at doing that when he was at Florida. Um, like, listen, if, if you want it, it's here, but if you wait any longer, it's not. Um, I don't know that you have the luxury of doing that off of seven months of relationships. And especially when it's a position of need, as much as defensive line is, you can't sit there and say, Hey, listen, we'll go move on to somebody else. And your, your backup plan is, is a mid-level three-star from Connecticut. And I'm, I'm just throwing something crazy out there. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe with Norman, he could get him to push it up because they have that prior established relationship. Uh, but with guys like Kelby Collins and Cameron James, you're going to have to do your due, due diligence, recruit these guys all the way through the end of the cycle. And if you can get them to pop maybe in August, September, October, you're very happy with that. Wes, anything else you want to ask before we move on? Um, not with, well, I guess sticking so we can squash the D line. I do have the two questions about the two kids from Alabama, the two five stars. I don't think we touched on those two guys. I think I don't want to mispronounce the name, but it's Quay Ross Rossaw and James Smith. Uh, a little bit easier name to pronounce. Uh, the two five stars from Alabama, from Alabama. Uh, can you touch on those two guys from the D line? I think that might have been all from the D line. Yeah. So, uh, James Smith, uh, somebody that was at IMG. Now he's back in Alabama, um, playing with Quay. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think Florida has much of a shot there. Um, James Smith is somebody that 
Uh, it's probably going to come down to Alabama and Georgia. He's a very, very typical blue blood guy. Um, he, he knows those teams can get him into the league. Um, and he doesn't really have an established relationship that great with Florida. Um, Rousseau is a little bit different. Um, I know Alabama's recruiting him, but they're recruiting him as an off ball linebacker. Um, and Rousseau wants to get after the passer. Um, so Florida's selling him on being able to rush the passer. Um, I think he, he, and he's somebody that's been willing to move out of the state of Alabama. Um, so I think Florida, if, if they have a better shot at one over the other, it would be with Rousseau. Um, still going to be an uphill battle there. Uh, anytime there's a five-star in the state of Alabama, you don't expect them to leave the state. Uh, Nick Saban usually does not let those guys walk out. Um, but Rousseau would probably be your best bet. I think James Smith just comes down to either Alabama or Georgia. With that in mind, let's talk about real quick before we move on. A kid that visited, obviously, Alabama this week. Wes is a uh, boy, uh, Keon Keeley. Um, what do you think about that? Where do you do you think there's a chance for us, or do you think that that obviously, if Bama's involved, Bama's always got to be taken seriously? Yeah, Ke- Keeley's somebody that's been really quiet, man. Uh, until that pop up to Alabama, I think everybody assumed he was just kind of locked in with Notre Dame. Um, Berkeley kids are, are, are real big on education. Uh, obviously, you saw C.J. Hawkins last year go to Stanford. Um, Keeley is somebody that really likes Notre Dame. He's not scared to go all the way up there and play in the cold. Um, and more, what is it? Uh, Marcus Freeman. I'm sorry. I almost said Morgan Freeman. Um, <laughs> Marcus Freeman's done a great job recruiting that young man. Um, I think back in March, I was told that Florida was really pushing hard for him, uh, trying to get him to flip. I don't know the extent of that. Obviously, a five-star in Tampa, they're going to continue to recruit all the way up until he signs. Um, but I, I just – I don't see – I don't hear enough about him on Florida's end to say, yeah, I feel really good about this young man flipping over. Um, obviously, Alabama's going to kick the tires on a kid like that, and if they really want him, it would be, be hard to tell Alabama no. But for, for him, I know he's really locked in with Notre Dame, and it would take a lot to get him to flip his commitment regardless of who the other school is because I know he grew up a Florida fan. Absolutely, and that's why I wanted to touch on that because so many people, I remember that being hyped up earlier in the recruiting cycle, and hopefully you make some visits for some games this year and maybe we can uh get that one turned for us. But moving on, um, I wanted to – talk about the the three commits that we got starting you know with Mizell and um what you really think that their strengths are and what they bring to the table for Florida obviously Mizell is a is a speedster and uh the kind of receiver that we desperately need and Gene is a lot of that as well um what can you say about both of those young men I'm huge fans of both both of those guys. Um, obviously, a little 407 bias again with Aiden Mizell being uh, being from Boone High School. Uh, Got to shout out my wife's alma mater. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he's he's a phenomenal football player, man. Uh, even better individual, but a great football player. Um, you look at the roster right now, and you see a bunch of six three, six four guys that have trouble separ- trouble trouble separating. Um, you're not going to have that issue with a guy like Andy Jean. You're not going to have that issue with a guy like Aiden Mizell. I mean, I think the biggest thing you see with this recruiting class, obviously you have a couple pure slots um, in Eugene Wilson and Creed Whittemore, but you've got guys like Gene Mizell that can play 
everywhere across the receiver position. Um, so you could line them up out of the slot. You, you could Mike with a go Braves. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, Mizell and uh, Gene can play every position along the, uh, along the receiver core. Um, you're not going to have issues getting those guys getting open. Um, and I think Andy Gene's probably the most underrated prospect in the country. I, I have him as my number one wide receiver in the state of Florida. We um, all agree on that that point. All all of us. <laughs> wow, that's big. Yeah. So I just the the combination. Obviously, he's got a lot of speed. He's part of the uh, national uh, record holder, I think, in the four by one for for high school. Um, they set the national record, I think, last year. Uh, but his route running is next level for a kid at the high school level, um, and he's he's unbelievably good. That's like I said, I, I I will stand behind my take of him being the number one wide receiver in Florida up until the day he signs. Let me ask you on that because this touches back to something we talked about on our second episode. Why do you think that kid is rated so low? Uh, he doesn't camp a lot. Um, he he. I don't think he was a full time starter at Northwestern until this last year. Um, but man, this. Six foot one. He's got a six foot six wingspan, and I saw every bit of that this weekend. Um, he's just impressive physically, and then, like I said, you have the speed, uh, you have the the advanced route running ability at his age. Um, I just I think he's prime for a huge bump uh, after his senior year. I mean, he put up almost eight hundred yards last year, but he he did it at the he did he had his best performance when the lights were the brightest. I think he had five or six catches for 122 yards and two touchdowns against IMG. Uh, and he was going up against five-star cornerback Dalen Everett, who just signed with Georgia. So for him to go off like that against a, a, a premier prospect like Everett, uh, obviously the kid should be drastically higher than what he is right now. It, I, I think 247 composite is like 332 or something like that. And that's, unbelievably low um been very vocal about that and then Mizell got a huge bump this week um yes. up into the top 100 which i think is well deserved um w- when you have a touchdown every three times you touch the ball uh, as a receiver it's unreal that that kind of production you don't see that very often and then obviously he's got the elite track speed um put up over a thousand yards this year looking forward to seeing him in person uh here in orlando at the and during his senior season. That covers the receivers. What, um, what are your opinions on Castell? Good hard-hitting safety? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually very close with his DBs coach from uh, West Orange High School. So he was in our spaces last night, gave us an opportunity to uh, speak with him and, and give us a little bit of an insight. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Castell fan, man. Six foot two, 195 pounds and plays corner for his high school team. Um, fantastic coverage ability, uh, a safety that you can line up anywhere on the field, put him in one-on-one uh, press man coverage, off man coverage, uh, and not worry about him getting beat. Uh, a lot of times high school safeties are, are struggling coverage when they get to the next level. You're not going to have to worry about that with Cassell. And one thing I noticed about, um, especially like Castell, saw prototypical tackle, but like, um, for Mizell, he just seems like a football player. Um, I think he saw like a DK Metcalf type, uh, you know, chase down his interception. He must have ran at least 80 or 85 yards full, you know, full steam. And um, that's uh, 
Well, I'm, <laughs> you know, I know you played a little bit. Uh, that, that doesn't happen a lot. So, Wes, you got anything to add? Uh, no, he spoke about the, you know, our commits. Uh, Mike is going to hate this segue they want to do, but I like talking about the 24 kids as well. I know we talked about the quarterback. Uh, one guy I'm interested in is uh, uh, Ricks, uh, the, the DB. I saw uh, and the great thing about Billy Napier, I saw Hurst talk about this too, uh, off air about how Billy Napier was greeting him and his family uh, coming in uh, the building and that, and he uh, read what he, you know, really, really appreciate that. Can you talk about the relationship we have with, uh, with Ricks, the, uh, the DB? Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, Ricks is a a phenomenal player. Um, The number one corner in the 2024 class. I think he's like the number two overall player in the country, that class as well. Um, They're making him a huge priority. He had every school in the country that wanted him to visit this weekend. Um, And he said he specifically went to Florida because he'd have the opportunity to sit down and watch film with Corey Raymond. Um, Corey Raymond is widely classified as the goat when it comes to cornerback and DB coaching. Um, Obviously you hear that from a number of kids, Um, but to see the number one DB in in the 24 class say, Hey, listen, I'm not going to Miami. Who's recruiting really hard. I'm not going here. I'm not going there. Um, Could because I get the opportunity to sit down and learn from someone like Corey Raymond that, that speaks volumes uh, about the kind of respect he has that shouldn't really need to be talked about. Um, but uh, Florida's done a great job recruiting him. There's, there's rumors that he may try to reclassify to the 2023 class um, that, that have gone, they're on, they surfaced on 247's message boards today. Um, But I'd heard it behind the scenes as well. I don't know if that's any, if that's any truth. Um, But yeah, so, uh, They've done a great job recruiting him, and he's somebody that uh, really respects Florida. Um, but uh, he was going to commit to Florida State at one point. They completely stopped recruiting him, so uh looked like Florida could reap the benefits of that if he does decide to uh, go to Florida. A quick follow-up with that, because um, I, I, I saw that as well earlier about um, him reclassifying. Uh, do you think that would hurt us with Cromani if he does reclassify, or do you think – there's a chance we could take both of them. I know our board is kind of getting full with the DBs and maybe uh, recruiting Johnson as well. Um, but some of those guys, I believe, can play safety as well in nickel. So do you think if Ricks does re- reclassify him and become a 23 class, would that affect our chances of getting Cromani or will that affect our chance of getting both? I know a lot of fans are afraid of that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, so it could uh, I don't see it affecting anything, uh, but it could. Um, obviously, you've got guys like Sharif Denson in the class. You're, you're recruiting Dijon Johnson. Um, but I think both of those guys have versatility. Uh, Sharif is not going to be an outside corner. He can play outside if he needs to, but he's more of a nickel guy. Uh, I think Patrick Tony will use him a lot in the slot and maybe um, working as kind of like a hybrid safety slot corner. Um, and then Johnson, the same way he can play outside corner, but if you have to, if your cornerback numbers get uh, a little bit too full, you can move him back to safety. He's already six, one, about 190 pounds. Um, so you're looking at, obviously you, you, you're going all in for Cormani McLean, um, and trying to get him to Florida, but you don't stop recruiting either one of them. Uh, obviously if you have the opportunity to bring in both, you bring in both and you figure it out when they get on campus. And I don't think Raymond's going to stop texting. Ricks, like other programs. So I think we should get in that account. 
No, yeah, they definitely will not stop texting uh, texting him like Florida State did. It's wild. I actually talked to the kid personally about it um, down at IMG, and I was like, man, weren't you about to commit to Florida State? He's like, yeah, bro, I was about to commit to Florida State, and they just stopped texting me. Is, it, is those darn data message plans, man, it's tough. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, when when you're short on funding, maybe you have a limited number of text messages. <laughs> Got to get the raising spear count up anyway <laughs> moving on i wanted to, to to get into saturday a little bit as well um obviously a great atmosphere it seemed like from the outside looking in um <clears throat> i can't say enough about what it says about billy napier that i to watch him individually greet recruits and their families at the front door as they showed up and that alone was just something that said to me, this man gets it. He gets building these relationships, not only with the kids, but their family. And and that, to me, is something that we've been missing the last few years from our head coach, you know, as, as a recruiter that I just can't say enough about. Yeah, without a doubt. When you go from somebody who's got his uh, his assistant texting the kids from his phone to somebody greeting every player at the front door, you you've made a huge step up for sure. Um, what was the was the overall atmosphere as as electric as it looked? I mean, with the scavenger hunt, and obviously everybody loves the ribs. <laughs> Nobody's ever been disappointed with Snell's ribs. Um, that, that'll that never be said. Um, but, yes, I mean, I was actually already home on Saturday. Uh, we had Zach Goodall out there. Ah, I thought um, you were there. My fault. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I've, I've had conversations at length with Zach about this. But he said, man, the, the, uh, the vibe for the scavenger hunt was awesome. You get those kids' competitive juices flowing uh, while they're on a visit, and they get to have some fun with the staff. Um, so everything went really well on Saturday. Obviously there's never going to be a disappointed person with Snell's barbecue. Um, but things went really well on Saturday and, uh, obviously there was a couple commits, so, uh, that went well for them too. Real quick while we're on this subject, this, this gets brought up a lot by people on social media and things like that. I want to see maybe if you can allude to this to kind of help people understand what is it? that Katie and her group bring to the table as far as recruiting and, and how it helps not only the kids that we're trying to recruit, but it, it, how she, her and her group help the families that we're recruiting. Man, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge proponent of, of, of Katie and, and, and everything that she does. I actually got the opportunity to meet her for the first time in person uh, this weekend. Um, and every bit of that energy that you see in the videos that you see on social media um, is, is full force there. And, and that's working 106 hour weeks. Um, so she's, she's, uh, her and Bree and, and Sierra, they're a phenomenal group of girls that work in that office. Um, they are instrumental to the, to the success that you see on the recruiting trail to everything going off without a hitch. Um, like I said, I spoke to the organization of the event and how everything went off really smoothly. That's got a lot to do with Katie, a lot to do with Bree, a lot to do with Sierra. So uh, I, I, I can't speak highly enough about the job that they do. And uh, to see some of the people on social media kind of kind of 
take jabs at them is is very unwarranted and, and quite frankly should, should be completely stopped. Um, but they do a phenomenal job. They're awesome individuals and, uh, and being able to meet Katie this, this weekend was actually really cool. She's full of energy and, uh, always talking crap about my dolphins, but, uh, I had to make sure I let her know in person that that's not going to fly anymore. <laughs> yeah, that now. now I really that. just wanted to get that out there because as you said, you see a lot of people, on social media and whatnot, just saying, well, what is it that exactly that she does? You know, is this just, can we just hire some other pretty girl to do her job? And I know it goes so much deeper than that because I actually saw when she took the job, um, I did a little digging and just looking at comments and saw the families, the moms and dads of, of bulldog players that were so sad to have seen her go you know, and what they, what she meant, not only to the players, but to the families as far as easing their transition, you know, and when they come to school and things like that. So people need to realize that she's not just uh, setting up barbecues and, you know, making promises on Twitter. She's, she's putting in the work. Yeah. She, she's a vital part of the, the entire organization. They would not be able to do what they do without her. Absolutely. Uh, I know Mike had a question he wanted to to bring up as far as the receiver class. I'm going to let him go ahead and ask that. Yeah, just to start out, I um, saw a couple flip rumors. Um, bottom line, do you see Patterson in this class after the recent additions? Um, w- without being too disrespectful, I, I, don't, I don't think he ends up in the class. I know UCF okay. is pushing really hard for him. Um, and he's somebody that's high on UCF's board. I've had a couple conversations with some people over there um, that, that write for them, and I, I think he ends up flipping to UCF in the not too distant future. Perfect. Um, how do you? How many receivers do you foresee in the class? Um, obviously, right now, it, it, let's just say you, you do um, remove Patterson from the class. That's uh, Mizell Wilson, uh, Gene, and Whitmore. Um, so that's four. So you're looking at what did you say? Uh, five, maybe that six being like a we want five and maybe if you can get an Ikeen perfect, but if not five, five is fine. Yeah, I think, uh, so I think they're perfectly fine with four, to be honest with you. Um, I think if you can get the right guy for a fifth, uh, they would take a fifth. Obviously they have Patterson committed right now. uh, So they have five committed. Um, But I think if if Patterson does flip and they don't get the guy that they really want, they could do perfectly fine with four. But if they get one of their higher end guys, uh, you could see them take five. I don't see them taking any more than that though. No, see, I definitely love the you know wide variety of skill set that we have, as opposed to what we you know had, had gotten under previous staff. But um, last, how this is? They're all from the state of Florida. Um, how, and especially this year and next, what would you? What's the impact and the importance of uh, you know, with that being the case? You're talking about in regards to all the receivers being from Florida, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's been widely considered that uh, everybody on social media, and then especially Billy Napier in his introductory press conference goes, listen, listen, you don't have to go far from Gainesville to go get your players. Um, he was very adamant that at, within a five-mile range, or not a five-mile, but a five-hour range, I apologize, um, you can get just about everybody you need to get. And he has completely done that here in this class. You've got 16 commits right now, 14 from the state of Florida, the other two are from Georgia. 
Um, so you don't have to go far. You can stay in the Southeast. You can really fill up your skill positions for sure. Um, in the state of Florida exclusively, I think what your DBs are pretty much all from the state of Florida as well, aside from Aaron Gates. Um, so, so you're looking at a class that will probably be 75 to 80% from Florida and Georgia, and you're going to have studs across the roster. So uh, you don't have to go really far to, to fill that up. And we've talked about this in previous episodes in regards to how he um, developed his roster at the University of Louisiana, um, this pretty much grassroots effort. So do you think, that's what essentially he brought that, you know, same philosophy over to the University of Florida, him, you know, you know, attending that the, um, the high school coaches meeting in the sum- this past summer. And uh, you think, you know, that's going to truly pay dividends. And like I said, um, the next cycle moving forward, you know, and truly establishing those relationships since, you know, um, you know cause some people like um, would say like Jaluk, for example, is not from Florida. Like, well, no, all of our coaches are establishing Florida ties. Yeah, so you're you're looking at a staff that has very little uh, Florida ties from from very early on. Obviously, you've got Mike Peterson, who's from Florida, played at Florida, um, but Kerry Colbert, who's every single wide receiver committed, is from Florida. He's from California, so uh, they're doing a great job. They're going to make sure that they stay in the state of Florida and really recruit the state hard. They've made that very clear. Um, obviously, you're going to go tr- to other states to try and get the elite guys, like the DJ Lagways out in Texas, um, but he, he, very clearly, man, you don't have to leave the state of Florida for much. Um, obviously, quarterback is typically not great in the state of Florida. They went and got the number one quarterback in the state of Florida this year with Marcus Stokes. Um, so they're doing a great job making sure they keep a lot of the homegrown talent home. Um, but you're you're not going to see – and it's already paying dividends now, and I expect it to pay even more um, over the next few years for sure. Thank you. Wes, you got a question? Yeah, I'm going to wrap my questions up right quick. I probably maybe have two or three, and uh, I'll be finished. The first question, uh, we saw Mitchell, the running back, uh, commit from Utah come in, uh, didn't receive an offer. Uh, If we do decide to take a second running back, uh, who do you think that running back could be as far as the board is uh, right now with us not offering him and him coming in uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think they're pretty much all in on Cedric Baxter, which I don't think they get. Um, he commits on August 10th. And quite frankly, I think they're fine with that. Um, if if Mitchell had really blown them away at Friday Night Lights, I think they would have extended an offer, but it uh, doesn't seem that that happened. I think they're perfectly fine with just taking Trey on Webb um, and then going to the portal for another running back. Um, every year you see elite running backs hit the portal. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans uh, both hit the portal this year and went to the SEC. Um, so it's not like you're really hurt. They have Trayon Webb in the class. Um, and I think they could go to the portal in the summer should they need to add another one. Okay. And I for- we forgot this guy that he was there Friday. And I think he went to Miami Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to, I'm probably going to butcher his name as well. Uh, M. Are we M- talking Samuel M. Pemba? Yes, Correct. That, that guy. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I heard I heard the M, and I'm like, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Samuel Mpemba, um, IMG Academy. He's originally from St. Louis, um, so not a bunch of Florida ties. I know Miami's in a good spot for him. Georgia's in a good spot for him. Florida's trying to make a push. Um, another guy that can play a little bit of off ball, but he's primarily an edge guy. Um, Florida's definitely pushing for him. Uh, they've got a lot of ground to make up right now. Uh, I think Miami's probably in the best spot for him. They're doing really well recruiting the IMG area. 
Um, I think I've got three kids committed from IMG this class, um, but uh, they're going to have to make up some ground pretty quickly uh, if they want to land him. All right. And my last question for you, Connor, um, and again, appreciate you uh, for coming on. Um, if you, we had, and I'm going to go back to 24, Mike, something Mike doesn't want to talk about. If a guy was going to commit from the 24 class, uh, I've seen a lot of buzz about uh, he's a legacy kid, Miles Graham. Uh, do you think he would be the first uh, guy in the class uh, if he do decides to decide to commit? So I think Miles is going to wait um, until after his junior season. I've had a conversation with him about that. Uh, spoke to him this weekend a little bit, though. Uh, he loves Florida. Obviously, dad played at Florida. He's been to games 100 times uh, growing up. But he told me very clearly, he's like, man, just because my dad went to Florida, just because I'm a legacy doesn't mean I'm going to Florida automatically. Florida's going to have to show they want me just like everybody else. Alabama's recruiting him really hard. Um, but Florida does a good job recruiting him. He, he came away from this visit really impressed. Uh, could he be the first commit in the class? Yes, I think he could. Um, but if he sticks to the timeline that he told me not too long ago, um, it'll probably be more towards the end of his junior season, getting closer towards signing day for the 23 class. Um, and I think you could see, you, you should see a 24 commit or two pop before that time frame. Um, I know they're pushing hard to try and get DJ Lagway to commit early and be the bell cow of this class. Um, but I know they want that quarterback in early for 24 to kind of, kind of recruit for them. Um, DJ Lagway is one of them. Davy Belfort's another who just reclassified from 25 to 24. Um, but like I said, I think DJ Lagway is arguably the top guy on their board for 24, regardless of position. Um, so they want him to be in early um, if they can make that happen. Awesome. All right. Well, we've talked about pretty much everything else, so I want to end on this. Um, obviously, right now, the uh, the black eye, if you will, of the class on the outside looking in is the offensive line. Um, we got we need some beef, man. Where do you see us going from here? That's an excellent question. Um Obviously, you've got Nigel Harris committed. You've got Bryce Lovett committed. Um, Caden Jones is somebody they're pushing hard for. Um, but you don't really see a whole lot other than that. Obviously, Monroe Freeling is somebody that they're going to try to get. He's a blue-chip offensive line guy, but they've got some room to make up for him. I think, uh, man, it's, 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 it's really tough to answer that question because I don't know who else is on the board. They're going to have to completely revamp that um, with a lot of these guys going elsewhere. Um, I will say this. Uh, I think if Norvell has a bad season again, um, he could be on his way out. And then you could see them try to make a push for guys like Roderick Kearney and Lucas Simmons. Um, so I guess as Florida fans, you just have to pr- hope and pray that Florida State has a bad year and uh, and Norvell's out of there. But um, as far as the offensive line board goes, I think you could see some new offers come out over the, over the fall. Um, and the re- the board's definitely going to have to be reworked. It's uh, you've ha- it's dwindled down a little bit, for sure. And that's something we covered last week was that just because you've missed on a guy doesn't mean you stop recruiting him. You got to stay on these kids, especially never those two kids. Recruiting. Never stop recruiting. Always be closing. Um, yeah, we just we got to get some bodies in there. Um, Mike, you got anything else you want to add? Um, well, this is kind of what we've spoken about. Um, obviously the board is not, not ideal. Um, however, 
And Connor, what are your thoughts on, you know, we're running a zone scheme. So you technically do not, well, just bottom line, you don't need your standard five stars. Obviously you want them, but like if, if you want to kind of equate it to, you know, the NFL, you know, look, look at the Shanahan's over the past two, three decades. Um, you can kind of just get, you know, even down to running back so you can get a specific type of player. So I think that's going to help us a lot. And definitely, you know, and especially since, you know, we've, Proven, um, our staff has proven, um, you know, we have a, fr- a first team All American right, um, right now from L- University of Louisiana that the staff has developed. So we don't have to technically have that. So do you think maybe, you know, you can get the benefit of doubt um, and just getting those, like their guy, and maybe next playing those seeds, you know, for the relationships and next cycle, then you're going to go up there to major uh, uh, blue chips? Yeah, so I think offensive line is by far the hardest position to evaluate at the high school level. So you'll get a lot more three stars on the offensive line that come in and develop um, and become much better players than they were quote unquote projected by these recruiting services. Um, So yes, to an extent, uh, I think you can get away with having those mid-level three stars, maybe uh, low-level four stars that'll come in, develop. Um, and be be system guys that can that can really do well for you and have a serviceable offensive line. Um, but I do I do know that Florida has to go get some of those big time blue chip guys. If it's not this class, it certainly has to be in twenty twenty four because you're looking at a, an offensive lineman that loses likely Richard Garage after this year. Um, you could lose Kings Kingsley as well. Uh, he's a f- watch list I think for the Remington Trophy. Um, you've got a number of kids that could leave this year and you need guys that can come in and play right away. Obviously you brought in Cameron Waits, who's familiar with the system that can play tackle. Um, but you have to go get instant impact guys in the sec. You cannot continue to go recruit mid-level three stars across the board, um, every year for the last, what's it been three, four years, uh, and, and expect to compete with the five-star defensive linemen at Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M. Um, so you have to go get impact guys, but yes, to an extent, the system will allow them to be serviceable with those mid-level guys. Awesome. Well, we're not going to hold you up too much longer, Connor. I know it's been a busy weekend for you covering all of this and all the, inf- there's a ton of information out there. It's been a great weekend for, for Florida and looks like the future is in bright, great hands. Um, thank you so much for coming on with us and breaking all this down. We really appreciate you. Always great to have someone that has as much insight as you do in these matters. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you uh, having me on to talk about it a little bit. And uh, I always enjoy listening to you guys' podcast. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, listen every week. So uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll keep following. We appreciate it. We're trying to get there. We're we're learning as we go, but man, it's a fun ride. Um, guys, Hollywood. once again, Hollywood, Hollywood. No, chill, chill, chill. There's no Hollywood here. There's no Hollywood. Hollywood. No, no. Hollywood's. You've never seen Connor and Hollywood at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no Hollywood on this end. All right. Um, once again, guys, if you haven't go listen to uh, Connor's podcast, The Varsity on the Roll Up Network. Him and Sticks do an outstanding job covering recruiting as a whole, not just Florida. And just a great show with two guys that 
that know the business like the back of their hand. Make sure you also follow him on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, see, uh, Connor? I, I always forget it. Uh, it's just at Connor Clark. That's it. See, it's that easy. Very simple. <laughs> Very simple. Go follow Connor on Twitter. You'll always get good information. Guys, Much appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Anything we can do to help each other out because that's what we do. Most well, definitely. Guys, Anytime you guys weekend. need me, man. Yes, sir. Guys, it's been a great weekend. We got more great news to come, and we're going to keep you as up-to-date as we can on it. Thanks for uh, listening in. Guys, y'all got anything else you want to add before we sign out? Bateman got us. <laughs> Bateman got us. I just want to thank Connor again. I just want to thank Connor again for coming in and uh, giving us uh, us and the fans the info. Uh, thank you again to all our listeners uh, for following us and uh, listening to us, and we're going to try to provide you with great content. Uh, thank you guys again. Thank Connor again. Um, go Gators. Go Gators. Guys, make sure you rate us on a Apple you know, podcast. Give us, give us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. We appreciate all your feedback. Thank you so much. And we will catch y'all later this week. Thank you so much. to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O dot com.